The book of Joshua this morning will be in the book of Joshua, chapter number 24. Joshua, chapter number 24. We're going to look at a very familiar passage of Scripture this morning, uh, familiar Old Testament passage of Scripture, and, and look forward to what God has for us from His Word. Joshua chapter number 24, while you're turning there, I want to remind you to be back in the service tonight at 6 o'clock, and uh, uh, looking forward to the message God has this, uh, this evening. But this morning, I'm going to read three verses in Joshua chapter number 24. I'm going to read verses 14 uh, through 16, and then I'm going to uh, focus on uh, one particular aspect of this passage of Scripture, and it's certainly uh, important to us Uh, to see what the Lord says this morning. Joshua 24, verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. We'll look at this passage of scripture this morning, so I want you to keep your Bibles open, but I want you to look again at verse number 15. And if you've been at church any length of time, this is a familiar passage to you. And if you haven't, uh, hopefully this will become more familiar to you today. But as Joshua comes to the end of his life, he's making a great challenge, and then he's making a great declaration. He's challenging the people to, and I want you to look at that word, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. He's challenging to a choice, and then he makes a declaration of what his is. And this, this morning, I want you to focus on that word, choose. And I want to preach on this subject this morning, what your choices reveal. What your choices reveal. Father, I pray that you would use your word today, may the Spirit of God work in our life. I believe this is an important message. It's an important message because it's the one that you've impressed upon my heart to preach today. It's the one that we bring from your word this morning. The truth and the principle, uh, certainly if a wrong choice is made, uh, it could ripple into uh, generations. Father, I pray that we'd realize the importance of making the right choices. And Father, may your word shed light on what our choices reveal about our spiritual life and our walk with you. Once again, I ask prayer for someone who may be unsaved. May they uh, fall under the conviction of the Spirit of God during this hour. May they realize their need of a Savior. May they choose Christ and, and ultimately choose heaven. And Father, I pray that you bless this time, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We look at the word choice, and I'm reminded that God gave free choice. He allows us to choose. You choose where you spend eternity. Often we say that God would send a sinner to hell for their sins, but has to go there because of the Lord Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he made. But you choose where you spend eternity. I stand here today, give all glory to God. I know where I'm going to go when I die. I will spend an eternity in that wonderful place called heaven. You say, Pastor, are you going to go to to heaven because you are a pastor? Absolutely not. Are you going to spend eternity in heaven because you're better than everybody else? Well, I might be, but that's not why I'm going to heaven. No, uh, that's that's not why I'm going to heaven. I'm a sinner just like you're a sinner. I'm going to heaven because I chose heaven. Not because I won a lottery. 
not because I did anything of my own power, but, but I chose to put my faith in Christ. I chose to accept his sacrifice on Calvary. You will choose where you spend eternity. Before you were born, God did not decide who would go to heaven and who would go to hell. It is a free choice. You choose whether or not you have God's blessing on your life. You choose. God is not a respecter of persons. God does not sit up in heaven on this throne and say, this race I'm going to push aside, and this creed I'm going to push aside, and, and those that have become part of this society, I'm not going to bless them. No, God will bless anybody who wants his blessings. You choose to have God's blessing. You choose the consequences of sin. There are consequences to sin. You choose that. You choose those consequences. Say, Pastor, what are you saying? I am saying that life is made up of a, of a, of a whole lot of choices. And God gives us the choice. Now, let me just say right out of the gate, we live in a society where we have a habit of choosing, receiving the consequences, and then blaming somebody else for the choice we made. This is even true amongst church-going people. A young person grows up in a Christian home. They grow up in a Bible-preaching church. They grow up and they have people in their life that, that, that try and guide them and shepherd them to go the right way. They make bad choices and they turn around and blame those very people. You choose the consequences. I choose the consequences. We come to our story, and Joshua is coming to the end of his life. He has fulfilled what it is that God has for him to do. Joshua, who picked up where Moses left off and took God's people into the promised land, and Joshua, that great warrior, that, that, that great, I believe, is a, is, a, is a greater Bible character than he's given credit for. And he is coming to the people, and God's people have always had a problem with, with not becoming enamored with the gods that the true God defeated. In a logical sense, that makes, that makes zero sense at all. But they've always had a problem, and they come at a crossroads, and Joshua, that great leader, does not come to them and say, I've decided for you all. He's come to the point where his duty has been fulfilled. He presents a choice. The gods of Egypt... Or the true God. He presents a choice unto them. And he says if it seem evil unto you. If it's not worth it. If, if God is just a cruel God. Then choose the, the other gods. But he says as for me. And I like this. And those under my roof. They. We will serve God. He presents a choice. And he makes a declaration of his decision. Now, this is a well-known verse if you've been around the things of the Lord any length of time. Perhaps you have something uh, on, a, on a piece of paper in, or, or in a frame, and I've seen it in, in houses of Christians. I've, I've seen it in declarations of, uh, uh, in Christian homes. We, we, we choose to serve the Lord, and, and certainly we're aware of the Bible character of, of Joshua. It is important and I believe that every home needs to come to what I call a Joshua decision. 
We have decisions to make, but as for our home, I can't, I, can't, I can't decide for what everybody else does. I can't decide for my neighbors. I can't decide for anybody else. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We're going to be at the house of God every Sunday. We're going to do the things that pleases God. We're going to decide that. I believe every family needs to decide that. There's that choice. But I want to look a little further into this passage of Scripture because I believe verse 14 sheds a lot of light on verse 15. And what Joshua, and this is a great chapter. I would encourage you to read the entire chapter later today. But as it gets to chapter 14, there's some things that are pointed out that are necessary in order to make the right choice in chapter 15. And if you're not willing to do what is said in chapter 14, it's a lot more difficult, if not impossible, to make the right decision that is presented in verse 15. Now, I want to remind you, the choice is yours. The choice is mine. I get to choose. I would say, you don't have to raise your hand this morning, but I have to look at this intelligent crowd that everybody in here wants to make the right choice. Nobody wants to be that, that, that illustration of destruction. Nobody likes, I'm this way, I'll confess to you, the surest way to get me to do something you want me to do is tell me not to do it. That's just the way I am. So please, on my way out, somebody tell me that I better not go to Taco Bell today. Somebody please help me with that. But I have a choice. You have a choice. Joshua presents a choice. Now, verse 14 has already said, shed some light on what needs to take place in order to make the right choice. But this morning, I want to present it as what our choices reveal about our spiritual walk. Because if we're not willing to do the right things in verse number 14, we're likely not to make the right choice in verse 15. The Christian life is not as complicated as we make it. We can take the Bible and compare it to a life, our own, or to somebody else's, and we can determine how closely we're following the Word of God. And there's choices. If we don't make the right choice, there's some things that it reveals about us because they are spelled out in verse number 14, and that's the message this morning. I want you to look as we know that there's that choice that is being presented. By the way, Joshua, the man who the sun stood still while he slew the enemy, Joshua, the great warrior, said, choose. I don't think he was letting anybody out of that choice. I don't think that was a hypothetical. It was choose. The line's drawn. By the way, wife, you're on this side. Kids, you're on this side. Relatives, you're on this side. If you're of the house of Joshua, we're on God's side. You know what, it'd be good if we got back to that in our own homes today, too. We're on, we're on this side. You decide. Now, I don't know about you, but Joshua would make a compelling argument to choose God. But as we look at verse number 14, there's some things there that had to be done in order for the right choice to be made. And our choices are going to reveal if we have dealt properly with verse number 14. Why do Christians make poor choices? It's in verse 14. 
And what our choices are going to reveal about us, we see in verse number 14. Let's read it again. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Now, before I get into the outline, let me remind you that Joshua is presenting a choice, a serious choice. Serving false gods is a serious offense to God. Serving, choosing was a serious thing. It's a serious matter. As we look into verse number 14, and we think of what our choices reveal about us, about our walk with the Lord, and this morning, let's take the outline, apply it to our point of decision. If we have a decision to make, I want you to consider what is said in verse 14 this morning. To the young people who sit over here, and even young adults and young couples all, all over the auditorium this morning, consider what is said this morning in verse number 14. You have some choices that you will make. The time's coming, mom and dad aren't deciding what you do on Sunday morning. The time's coming, uh, there's authorities that God has placed in your life, they're not going to decide for you what you're going to do. I want you to consider this morning some choices that have to be made and consider what needs to be done in order to make the right decisions. And if you choose wrong... It reveals that we haven't dealt with verse 14 like we we should. Then we can apply this across the board in in our life. As decisions are made, there are things that are going to reveal themselves in our life. And so let's look again, verse 14. Now notice at the beginning, let me just say number one, your choices reveal your fear of God. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Then Joshua presents the choice in the next verse. The gods of the Amorites... Or Jehovah God. In order for you to choose to serve Jehovah God, you better have a fear of him. It's sad, it's tragic, and it's frightening that we live in a day where we tempt God. We blaspheme God. And we live in a nation that apparently has no fear of God. Now, this morning, I am thankful for God's graciousness. I'm thankful for God's mercy. I'm thankful for God's long-suffering nature. I'm thankful that he's not the God of the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance. But he is is a long-suffering God. But make no mistake about it, God is a righteous God. God is a holy God. God is a God that, that, that judges wrong and sin. And you and I need to be reminded that we make a choice of who we serve... We are making that choice on whether or not we fear the Almighty God. There's a lot of people who claim the name of Christ have no fear of God at all. Otherwise, they may be making different choices. Young people, listen to me. That Bible still says that God will shorten your life if you dishonor mom and dad. Apparently, some people don't think God means what he says. This Bible still teaches that God is against mixing the holy and the profane. This Bible teaches that that, that the Sunday is the Lord's day. It's not Super Bowl day. It's God's day. It's a holy day. Pastor, you're, you're, you're against football. I'm against doing anything that takes away from the name of God. Your fear of God. Now, your pastor does not make choices for you. There are times when some of you come to me and say, Pastor, here's a decision. 
what do you think I should do? And I will present you the two options. I can't make the decision for you. I can't tell you what you have to do. But it's also my responsibility to remind you that if we have a fear of God, we better choose what makes God happy. We better avoid what kindles the anger of God. So very simply, what your choices reveal, number one, is your fear of God. If we ignore this book, we don't have a fear of him. You think of the history of the Israelites up to this point and what they've seen God do, and for them to choose the dead gods, they witnessed what God, they witnessed God's slaying of the enemy. They witnessed the miracles. They witnessed the sun standing still. They witnessed all of these things and say, yeah, go serve these dead gods. You have no fear of the true God. Number two, I've got to hasten this morning. Your choices reveal your interest in truth. Verse 14, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Now this is the mistake that a lot of people make, a lot of well-meaning people, Christians, those that claim the name of Christ, they read this verse, now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity, period. That's not what the Bible says. In sincerity and in truth. It does not matter how sincere you are if you're wrong. We were in Israel the last couple of weeks, and we saw a lot of sincere people who are sincerely wrong about what the Bible says about salvation. We meet them every day. They are sincere. Well, 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 Pastor, I know them, and they're sincere. I don't doubt anybody's sincerity, but the Bible says in sincerity and truth. If we make our decisions based on just being sincere, well, I just don't know if I can, if I can be uh, as committed to that as you are, Pastor. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Well, we've got to be concerned about the truth. Sincerity is not enough by itself. It's not enough by itself. Now, I think you should be sincere. I think you've got to be sincere in your desire to serve the Lord, in your desire to please Him. But sincerity alone is, is not enough. Don't miss this statement. We allow ourselves to be affected, influenced by sincerity when we should be influenced by truth. We allow ourselves to be influenced by sincerity when we should allow ourselves to be influenced by truth. Well, just he just seems so sincere and that old-fashioned Bible preacher, he just, he just, are we being influenced by personality? Are we being influenced by sincerity? Are we being influenced by truth? Let me use, use this as an illustration. You can, you have a surgeon who ignores medical journals, ignores just the facts about surgery and is sincere in their belief but kills your loved one? Well, they were sincere. Is that going to be your response? No. You know, a lot of times, and, you know, you deal with doctors, and, and certainly, you know, when my, my wife was, was dealing with the cancer and dealing with the different doctors, I was worried less about their bedside manner and more then just tell us the way it is. Let's do what we have to do so we can get through this. Well, they were so, so abrupt. Well, sometimes the truth is abrupt. 
your interest, you know, you can still die and go to hell and be sincere. You can destroy your own home and be sincere about it. Because if you go against what God says, it doesn't matter how sincere you are. And so it reveals our interest in truth. I, 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 I want you to like me. I know it's easy for you, but I want that. I want to be well thought of, but more than that, I want to be right by this book. I, I want people to say, you know, that's exactly the way it ought to be. That's exactly what I want people to be on board. But more than anything else, I want to be right by this book. Amen. Pastor loves us, and he'll tell us like it is until it's coming right down our road. Then, then it's a little bit different. But I want somebody who's interested in sincerity and truth. Amen. So you can have no hypocrisy but no truth. What good does that do you? You can just be sincerely wrong. Are you interested in the truth? Well, I'd be interested in what the Bible says about truth. Number three, your choices reveal your direction. Please, if you can, please listen to this very carefully in, in verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood. Think about Verse 15, the choice between the other gods and Jehovah God. In order to choose the true God, you have to put away the other gods. And your choices reveal, thirdly, your direction. You can tell everything you need to know about somebody by their direction. Which way are they going? Who you worship and how you worship determines your destination. If you worship a false god and put your faith for your eternity in a false god, your destination is tied to that false belief. We live in a day when we want to accept as a society, as a world, many truths. There's just truth and there's error. If it's not true, it's false. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man, no man, zero exceptions. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So a belief that says you can work your way to the Father is an error. If you worship that God, you cannot end up in the same place as those who say, I'm going by way of Jesus. It's not possible. Your direction, your choices reveal your direction. Who you worship and how you worship determines your destination. The who is obviously Jehovah God. That is who we, that's the choice that was being made. You know, you know why you came, you came to church today? It's because you decided to come. You know why you'll choose a Bible-preaching church over, over one that's just a, just a gathering together? It's because you're interested in the truth, and it's the, the, the direction, it's the putting away of false gods. Now, this is where it gets a little bit sticky for some people. It's not just the who, it's the how. You cannot worship a holy God in a carnal way 
and have God accept it. Matter of fact, to worship a holy God in a carnal way is blasphemy. Jehovah God, who delivered his people out of the bondage of the false gods, who defeated the cities of the false gods, who defeated those dead gods, is not going to accept the way that those pagan people worshipped those gods. They're not gonna, he's not going to accept that same kind of worship. Case in point is the golden image that the people created the golden calf. They were worshiping in a way that was not, they're worshiping the wrong thing, but they're worshiping also the wrong way. There's a lot of Christians that do that today. Well, I'm just worshiping God. I want to say, are you? Please hear me this morning. Worshiping a holy God in a carnal way leads to carnality and destruction. It does not lead to holiness. So it is important that we choose right. How am I going to do it? I've got to put away the other gods. I have to put them away. I choose God, and guess who decides how I worship Him? God does. And let's look at this for a moment from a logical standpoint. Doesn't, is, doesn't that make logical sense that God gets to decide what brings Him honor and brings Him glory? God this morning says, worship me. And we don't all say, hey, we're going to worship true God. And then God doesn't pass out a survey. Everybody say, how do you want to worship me? God says, worship me. And let me tell you how to worship me. Because it's what brings honor and glory to him. Our choices, this choice that is, that is, that is presented to us is going to determine our direction. If we're going toward a holy God, guess where we're going to end up? We're going to end up towards holiness. But if you're hanging on to part of another God, you're not going to end up in the same place. So our choices reveal our direction. Are you serving Jehovah God today? How are you serving Him? In the way that He wants to be honored? Well, Pastor, I just is 2023, and we just don't no, know no, no. how does God want to be worshipped? How does, how, how does God want to be honored? What sacrifices does God want? What priority does He want in, in our life? He must have preeminence. That's what He requires. That's what He re- expects. And by the way, that's what He's worthy of. What an insult. No wonder God referred to when his people would worship another god. He worshiped, he, he re- returned, he, he, would, he would label that as adultery. He would label that as playing the harlot. Yeah. Right. It is not a trite thing for God's people to hang on to a false god and, or worship the true God in a carnal way. It reveals our direction. Then number four, it shows our priority. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. If you're going to be faithful to the house of God, you know what it reveals? It reveals what your priority is. If you're going to give to the work of God, you know what it reveals? It reveals what your priority is. 
if you're going to take time in every day that you have to spend time reading his word, to spend time with him in prayer, it reveals what your priority is. Parents, if your children are going to grow up in the house of God, it's going to reveal your priority. If church is not that big of a deal, it reveals what your, the, the choice that's been made. See, we live in a world where we think life is an all-you-can-eat buffet. I can have it all and as much as I want. But that's not the way life is. You have to make a choice. You have to decide. Well, I, I would like, well, that baby's in a nursery. I'd like for my, my children one day to honor God. You have some choices to make now. You have some decisions to make. And based on what verse 14 says, it will reveal what is chosen. Your priority, say, well, I just don't have time to serve him. You are showing what your choice is. God is a jealous God. God is not going to coexist. He, he, he wants the only place in our life. He's worthy of the only place in our life. See, I hope we realize that we must prioritize our choices and making the right choices to get what we want in our life. You want a happy marriage, then you've got some choices to make. You, you, want, you want God's blessing, then you have some choices to make. And these areas that I mentioned, those choices are going to reveal your priority. I talk to a lot of people, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm saved, I love the Lord, do this and that. But where do you go to church? Well, I don't. There's some priorities there. I'm not doubting that they may be saved. I'm just saying we have to have a priority. I want my nation to get back to God. Don't you want that? Then we've got to reprioritize some things. Our choices. Joshua made his choice known. He said, people, you have a choice to make. God has brought us here. God has vanquished his enemies. God has blessed. God has delivered. He's brought us to this place. Now choose. The God of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell, Christian, are you going to choose true God or are you going to choose the God in whose land you dwell? I, I love my nation. I'm proud to be an American. I enjoyed being out of the country. I enjoy being back in the country more than I deserve. I enjoy being out of the country. Hey, Pastor, what did you do when you got back in the country? I went and got some Mexican food. That's what I did. I'm proud to be an American at the Mexican food restaurant. That's exactly what I did. Don't judge. I make my choices. You make your choices. And... But I have to decide, am I going to serve the God of this nation or am I going to serve true God? I have to decide. Am I going to serve the, the gods of back in Egypt? Or am I going to choose to serve Jehovah God? 
In verse 14, if I don't fear the Lord, I'm going to make the right choice. Friend, let me, let me, I'm your friend for saying this to you the way I'm saying it to you. God means what he says. And God is a merciful God and God is a gracious God and a long-suffering God. We've already established that. And if we're honest, we could all testify to that. We ought to live with a fear of God because God means what he says. If you're interested in, in truth and sincerity, I, I, you know, truth makes people feel bad. Only if you're wrong. You know, if you're on God's side, you're right. Truth, truth, truth can be something for you to dif- be difficult for you to adjust to, but we ought to be looking for truth. It reveals our direction. Are you going away from the things of God? or It's, it's not hard to see what the choices reveal. But Joshua made his choice known, but he says at the end of verse 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He didn't wait to see what everybody else was doing. Pastor, I agree with what you're saying. Now let me figure out what everybody else is going to do. Let me take a poll on Facebook to see. It's not what Joshua did. He says, before you decide, let me tell you what I've decided. And in doing so, he established, before he could be influenced, he established what he was going to do, and he set an example for others. If you study out this passage of Scripture and go into the book of Judges, the people decided they were going to do what Joshua did, but they only did it because Joshua did it. Say, well, that they, that they shouldn't have. Well, at least God spared a generation because a man was willing to say, it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This group of people right here, we may not be able to, to change the, the direction of a nation, but we might can help our own families for a generation or two. We might can help stay the hand of judgment for a generation or two. He provided leadership for his family. Well, what are these choices? What are choices going to reveal? They're going to reveal, as we make the decision of verse 15, it's going to reveal whether or not we pay attention to verse 14. Eventually, our choices are going to be revealed in our life. And we can say what we want to say. We can explain it how we want to explain it. It's just a rule that choices will manifest themselves down the road. Because there are consequences, good and bad, for the decisions we made. And let me, let me help, us, help some of us this morning. We say, well, I'm praying for God to give me victory over this. God is not going to take some magic dust and sprinkle it on your head and change your desires. He might want you to change your friend group. He might want you to cancel some subscriptions to your house. He might want you to change some priority. I'm praying God will give me victory over this. Pray for strength. I understand that. But God says you have a choice. Choose. I'm just praying that I'll have the strength to be more faithful to church. Choose to be more faithful to church. Decide you're going to be there. Well, I'm just praying that that I'll be the right kind of example. Choose to be the right kind of example. Well, I'm just praying that I'll have more of a a faithful walk with the Lord. Choose to have a walk with the Lord. 
I'm praying that I can just be more of a witness. Decide that you're going to be a witness. You know what will change our world, change our city, change our neighborhoods? If in a service just like this one, there were some dads who were just like Joshua and says, there's a choice that's being presented. I can't answer for everybody else, but that's for me. Before he could say, in my house, he had to say, as for me. And quite frankly, if I can just be blunt, as I've, can I have permission? Anyway, there's a lot of wives who would follow if the man would lead. There's a lot of children who would follow their dad to Sunday school if the, if the dad would lead. As for me and my house. That's what we need today. Say, Pastor, how are we concluding this service? I'm trying to figure that out myself. Why don't we conclude it this way? We have choices. Here we are, thousands of years later, reading of Joshua's choice. Quite frankly, it inspires me. Quite frankly, it is still a choice that needs to be made today. Who's going to follow us? I don't know if I can do this, but I'll follow my dad's direction towards the things of the Lord. My granddad, hey, we're all benefit of somebody else making the right decision. Why don't we make some good choices today? We're going to have a time of invitation in just a moment. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you have a choice to make. You say, well, I'm not interested in what the Bible says about salvation. I'm, I'm used to what, the way I grew up and the tradition. That, well, you're making a choice. You're making a choice. I would pray you'd make the right choice and choose faith in Christ. Christian, are you, are you going the same direction? Are you, are, you, are, you, are you here in the house of God with a, with, a, with a false God in your pocket? This is my Sunday God, and this is my Monday through Saturday God. What we ought to do is come down this altar this morning and lay that graven image, that God, that, that, that way of life that we live outside the church. We ought to lay it down and say, nope, that's not the decision I'm going to make because that is going to bear out. And say, I'm going to choose... Jehovah God. That's the choice I'm making. Your pastor can't make the choice for you, and quite frankly, I'm not interested in making the choice for you. But I will say publicly this morning, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Who will join me this morning? Father, I pray that you